Before I get started with this episode, I want to read to you a statement from Danny Murphy on Match of the Day, but I want you to pick out which player he's talking about here. So he said, credit to the way he's looked after himself. He's hardly played this season and he was as fit as a fiddle. So who was that about? And I probably gave it away if you've been following me on social media, but it is Jesse Lingard. And so, you know, if you've been following the podcast, you wouldn't have noticed that I've done a few episodes termed lessons from, and then it might have been Mo Salah, Suzuko, um, Bruno Fernandes and Mourinho, their mentalities or statements. And today's going to be another one of those. I think that will be like a frequent occurrence throughout the pod. And today's another one. And I feel like this is very touching and I feel like there's a plethora of things that as you listen today, you'll be able to pick out from this episode so that you can, you know, apply in your own career, whether it's now or at some point as well. And Jesse Lingard has been through a lot, um, positive and challenging scenarios. But before we even go any further, I want to say two things. One is a statement that I want to read out. And that is, you are defined by how you handle setbacks. I would love to take credit for that, but it was Brendan Rodgers that said that. I'll read it once more. It says, you are defined by how, how you handle setbacks. And so what can we take from that statement? That success cannot be by accident one, but success always will follow um, an element of challenge. You think of any film, um, any successful film, there's always that challenge and maybe a point where someone might die or there's a real negative you know, incident that's about to happen and it's you know, followed by success and a recovery. Um, you think of any athlete that you want to watch or even mention, but even documentaries you may have watched. You think of an athlete, there's always a setback and always a challenge in their pursuit of success. And so that statement is very strong in terms of you are defined by how you handle a setback. And, you know, in Jesse Lingard's case, he's speaking for it. He's speaking and his performances is speaking for itself. But I want to break down some stuff. And again, before I do that, the second thing I want to mention is just you just thinking about Jesse Lingard and let me just paint a picture and a profile so, for, so that as we go throughout the episode, we can revert back to this profile and consider who he is and how do, those scenarios may have affected him. And so as we, as we think of Jesse Lingard, he's quite a lively guy. He's very charismatic. You know, he's someone that plays um, on and off the field with a smile on his face. He's always up to antics, you know, joking, laughing. And, you know, that's that's him as a individual. On the pitch, you know, he's, he's playing at one of the biggest clubs in the world. He is, um, or like, take it back, he was regarded as a as a huge prospect. You know, he was he got a rapid pace still to this day. He He's actually been very influential to Man United's success, I think, to the FA Cup final when he scored in that. And he's someone that has large quality. And I believe, I'm not a Man United fan, nor do I live in Manchester, excuse me, but I would imagine that the fans do like him and, and, and do um, love him. So with that all considered, I want you uh, to remember this little profile that we've just made for Jesse Lingard. And as we explore, I've done a little bit of a timeline. I wasn't there, so I might not be completely like chronological in terms of the details that we look at. But from every incident that we do, or I do identify at least, I'm going to have lessons that you can apply. And the first thing I want to explore is, or before I even do that actually, I genuinely believe, well, I actually have tried to reach out to Jesse Lingard um, a few times actually for some topics and I've reached out to some of the people that are close to him and it hasn't materialised just yet but 
the beautiful thing is I do think that's going to happen at some point. So this episode is going to be good because we can talk and explore on certain things that when we do speak to him, we can revisit that and get his perspective and, you know, get the real, essentially. But um, 2019 is the first kind of moment where I want to speak about Jesse Lingard and some of the lessons that we can take from him, from what he's done and maybe some things that he hasn't done. 2019, there was a string of subpar performances from him. This was quoted, by the way, and... He said that this led to some pressure from the coach, which was Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at the time. And so let's just even look at that statement alone. So I mentioned to you before when we looked at his profile, he was someone that was very influential. He was someone that was performing, got rapid pace, great potential, and one of those players that can make a difference to the United team, especially at that time, I think, where they were having maybe a striker crisis. Um, so yes, anyway, some part performances and... Let's just look at it from the coach's perspective. He's looking at that profile of Jesse Lingard, right? And now he's seeing a string of performances that are subpar. And so this is a very important lesson in itself because the coach has every right to challenge him. The coach has every right to see a player performing, you know, consistently, maybe giving maybe a 7 out of 10 every game, and all of a sudden he's giving 4, 5s and 6s. That gives the coach every single right to um, challenge that. And then what we do learn from here is that this led to Jesse Lingard opening up to the coach about his personal affairs. You know, because the pressure was mounting, he mentioned that there was, there was pressure from the coach. And so what happened to Jesse Lingard at the time? He mentioned that his mother was ill. And it wasn't just that. He had his grandfather, I believe, who had a, their leg amputated, one of the, one of the grandparents. Um, and then the other grandparent was ill too. So he's got a lot of the people around him that are becoming sick and unwell and health is very important. You know, that's one of the things we definitely got to take seriously and how he had to respond to that was then looking after his siblings who is 11 or at the time and 14. So basically he had to take on the responsibility of being a full-time, uh, a full-time parent and then almost a full-time carer because I'm sure he was trying to look after, you know, the people that were unwell at the same time too. So... You know, let's look at this from not just from the coach's perspective now, but Jesse Lingard's perspective. If you think about any human being that um, has their health affected or even the health of loved and close ones, especially considering the times that we're in now, and then having to pick up full time additional responsibilities, there's no way on earth that your performances in your current job is going to be as high as it is. Right. It's almost inhumane. So Jesse Lingard, you know, has not every right, but it makes sense that Jesse Lingard's performances are going to be set, uh, subpar. But there's a disconnect here from the coach's perspective, right? And then Jesse Lingard's experience, um, his actual experience in terms of him having everybody unwell and him taking up larger responsibility. So credit to Jesse Lingard for actually opening up and speaking to the coach. But there's two lessons that we can learn here from a coach and there's a lesson that we can learn from a player. From the coach, it, sometimes it's not the full complete story. It could be easy to assume as a coach that Jesse Lingard is just maybe just stealing a living, you know, for him back being so charismatic. And also, I forgot to mention, during this time when his performances were subpar, his, his countenance and his energy was still the same. He was still the loudest guy on, you know, on the training pitch and still being bubbly the way that he normally is. So if you're still seeing him at that certain way and his performances are, you know, subpar, it's easy as a coach to think, 
he's just you know nicking a living or he's just too focused on social media or he's you know he's not really focused at all but this is an important lesson from the coach where maybe it could be an opportunity for you to check in with the player where you know you're not gonna ask if they're going for anything but it's, it'll be good for you to find out why they think things are not going the way that they want them to go or even if you know people that can really trigger the athlete if you don't have that relationship with them maybe you could reach out to a Pogba or another player that's quite close to Jesse Lingard to you know just check in on him to see how he's doing or maybe another staff member I spoke to someone at United and they don't have a sports psychologist so maybe um, that doesn't help matters but if there was a sports psychologist and they had a good relationship with Jesse, then that could have been a scenario in itself. And so coaches, when, when players or the players in your team, at least, are not really putting in the performances that are ideal and subpar performances are occurring, there could be some other factors that could explain why their performances are not so um, consistent. So it's worthwhile checking in and investigating further without making it an uncomfortable environment. One of the good things from Jesse Lingard was that he was able to speak to the coach directly and one of the positive things about that is that he was able to reduce the pressure. You know when you speak to someone and you know you just share something that you've been going through, you feel a little bit better that you've spoken to someone, it relieves a little bit of pressure. But more than that, one of the beautiful things about this conversation between the coach and the manager was that there was able to be a bit of an understanding that was generated that wouldn't have been um, allowed if there was no communication at all. So let's just think to fast forward now to a Bamiyan situation recently where his mother was ill um, and you know it seemed like it was communicated between the coach and the player. There was a lot of support from everybody really regarding his situation because everyone knows that health is, is an important factor. Maybe Man United might have needed to come out and show a little bit of social or public support for Jesse in this instance, which may have reduced some scrutiny. But aside from that, um, the benefit of having that communication brings a little bit of understanding and that may have affected Bamiyan's form of you know him just knowing his mother's not really particularly well. So again, by speaking to the coach, it brings a bit of an understanding. So let's just say Ole now doesn't actually assume that Jesse's just nicking a living or he's just you know going through the motions and stuff. He actually has a bit of context as to what your his player is going through. And so having that conversation is very important and for you guys to take from this as a lesson that communication with the coach in some instances brings a bit of understanding. He now knows how to work with Jesse and then Jesse knows, um, has the comfort that his coach has an understanding of him. And so that's one of the lessons that we can take from this. Another thing that we can mention, um, if I haven't said it already, is what Jesse had to then do in response to you know his mother and family being unwell him being a full-time uh parent essentially and then being a full-time carer and he actually made a quote that i'm going to read out he said at one point i felt like everybody just passed all the stuff to me and it weighed on my shoulders all right i'm going to read that one more time i felt like everybody just passed all the stuff to me and it weighed on my shoulders that kind of broke me when i saw and, and heard that because that's almost like danger and a red flag, right? Why? Because there's two things that we can take from this um, and apply as lessons, but this was danger for Jesse Lingard. And to be fair, this is not a, criti it's a criticism. It's constructive, but it's great because it's retrospective. But most importantly, Jesse Lingard came um, out himself and he said that he acknowledged that it was not the right thing to do to just handle himself. 
Now, for Jesse to do this, again, I mentioned before, it's inhumane. It's, it's not normal for you to become or have three full-time roles, right? It's just hard for you to be able to function effectively in each situation. So the lesson really that we can take from here is that there needs to be a shared form of res responsibility. So the lesson is there needs to be a, sh a shared form of responsibility. Now, I don't know Jesse's situation, but um, shared responsibility is important, whether it's gonna be other family members, whether you might have to employ a phys like physician. Luckily, he has a little bit more added resources. Obviously, you want more of a personal touch. Um, so I'm not really gonna then say what he should have done, but the statement would be to share responsibility because it, it should not be handled um, completely by yourself because it has detrimental effects. And I don't want to say we saw that, but you can, you can kind of fill in the gaps from there. But he acknowledged again that it was, it was not the ideal form. So we need to share responsibility. And then we also need to make sure, I'm just checking my notes here um, to see if I haven't left anything out regarding Jesse. But yes, shared responsibility and it's important for you to have some social support, right? So whether this is gonna be from some of the, your confidants, maybe some of your closest friends, maybe you might have some family members again, but shared responsibility and social support are gonna be so important. Why? Because as a footballer, as a professional footballer, and a professional footballer at one of the biggest clubs in the world, there's a responsibility that probably exceeds many full-time roles in itself. So you're doing a full-time role and more. And for you to then have to embark on other situations, which I'm not saying you can't do, but it shouldn't be done alone. So I always push for footballers to have an additional hustle or a passion that they put um, some of their energy towards so that when they do retire, there's something that you fall into, you know, um, and build up your brand that way. And so that is still recommended to do, but again, that's something that shouldn't be completely done by yourself. Now, the same goes for this personal and health-related and family-related issues that yes, you're gonna feel like as maybe one of the highest earners in the family, it's your responsibility to take care of the family and yes, to some degree that is, but there has to be an element of support. There has to be an element of shared responsibility so it doesn't become completely taxing to yourself. And yes, that's, I feel like that's a very important lesson and very hard to come across which is why Jesse then responded the way that he did and it ended up being taxing to himself. Some people actually prefer to just be the one that it taxes on and will just take it for the sake of the, the family. However, there, it, there's ways that you can navigate and share that responsibility, make it happen, you know? And, and I don't know what every player is going through that's listening to this, but hopefully you can take this and relate this to your own um, scenario and then you can start you know, being a bit more effective and, and allowing some external circumstances to not negatively impact you on, on the pitch, but also off the pitch. Another lesson that we can take from Jesse Lingard is him playing with a smile. Now, um, I got a story here that I, I was able to research. The coach once told him to go out, I think this was against Tottenham, to play with a smile on his face. So this is after the math of his challenging scenario. So he's come back into the team now. The coach said to him, just go out there, and play with a smile on your face, excuse me. And for the coaches, and Jesse responded to this and said that that actually gave him confidence. He actually mentioned, as I was researching that is, when I play and train, I need to be smiling. And for the coach to notice that shows that he knows me and knows what will make me work and tick. So the lesson in itself from Jesse is that it's your responsibility as a player to make sure you know what makes you tick. 
As a follower of the podcast, I'm sure you've probably heard that you need to make sure you have your own philosophy. You need to be aware of your own skill set and how you want to be known and, and almost your own identity. But you need to know what makes you tick. What makes you play the best that you can? What makes you um, have the best flow and the best opportunity to be yourself and the most expressive on the pitch? You need to know that. It's your responsibility to know that. And technically, it's not the coach's responsibility to actually express that. So Jesse was very lucky to have that scenario, but we can't rely on anyone else to really give us our confidence. And so we have to make sure that we actually manage that and, and control that element ourselves as much as possible. At the same time, this could be a lesson for coaches too. So Oli was able to know what made him tick and was able to say something very small and minute. It wasn't a big statement. It wasn't impactful. It wasn't like profound and a deep statement. He just said something that he noticed about Jesse Lingard, which shows that he knows him as an individual and knows what can make him be the most effective that he can be on the pitch. So what can coaches take from that? It's important for you to know your players and know what makes them tick. So this is beyond actually what they do on the pitch in terms of their skill set. It's knowing what makes them feel the most expressive. And this can be easily done. This can be easily done and it doesn't take too much time for you to do, firstly. But then also it doesn't take too much time for you to, to communicate this. This can be done on a one-to-one -one basis very easily. It can be done with a text. It could be done with a quick statement. Um, it could be done so easily but it's just showing that you actually have a bit of a care and understanding of the players in your team. So what ways could you actually do this? Well, you can actually, if you have a sports psychologist in, in the club, you can get them to do a profile on each player. Then they can submit that to yourself and you have a bit more of an understanding of who they are as an individual. You can also give your players some questionnaires for them to fill out, which um, can identify um, some personality traits, which then can give you a bit of guidance as to some of the things that make them tick. So these are things that coaches can take responsibility on to make sure that they have a better understanding of their players so that they can be more impactful and maybe some of the things that they communicate to the player um, in approach to match days. So that's a golden gem there that a player can take responsibility themselves of knowing what makes them tick and being able to, to um, regurgitate that information and make sure that you prepare yourself in the week so that you can um, have the best opportunity to click and perform on the match but then also for coaches in order for you to make sure you know what you're saying and saying the right things and not just saying things to sound like a good coach but saying things to to be the most understanding and most impactful to your players two more lessons here so the next lesson was jesse lingard launching his clothing line and his business so this was a very interesting one which i didn't really know too much about actually until i researched this but he launched it around some key games um he launched it around the Champions League game and then a Liverpool game, right? And so you know how big a Liverpool game is for a Manchester United player. And it came with some scrutiny because of the timing. You know, you've got big games coming up and you're, you're announcing something that is completely different to do with football. Better make sure you're focused on the game, you know? So in, this, in terms of the scrutiny, it's kind of understandable. But when is it, when is it ever going to be a good time to, to launch your, your clothing line or your business? So... He did mention from this actually that some of the scrutiny and the comments did get to him a little bit, but he then also responded to that by saying he knew it was the right time to actually um, to launch that business. And another thing is that he actually scored in that Liverpool game and he got the most scrutiny then. And he mentioned that there was not much talk surrounding the Champions League game or after the Champions League game, there was more scrutiny in that game, but he actually scored in it, 
which is kind of ironic. And so what kind of things, if I was, you know, with Jesse Lingard at that particular time, one of the things I would definitely reiterate, and this is a gem and a, and a lesson that you can take too, if you're in a professional setting, the media has no median. <laughs> so I'll say that once more. So if you're professional in a game, the media has no median. The media is either going to be super complimentary, super complimentary or super critical. I think, I think back, one of the first times I realised this was the hype surrounding Ross Barkley. Now, he was amazing at um, Everton when he was a teenager, but the hype, there was no way he could perform without them comparing him to Rooney and comparing him to some of the greats. And it was just hyper praiseworthy, right? And let's just use Jesse Lingard's situation now. Um, it was hypercritical. It was super critical because he was performing at that particular time um, when he launched his business. So it wasn't affecting him on the pitch, which would be the scrutiny and probably the most justified scrutiny that he's not performing, but he's focusing on businesses. But the fact that he was able to perform during that time actually kind of shows me that there were some other people handling that for him. So it's more of Jesse Lingard, the brand that released that rather than Jesse Lingard himself, like typing it in and doing all the, the fundamentals that takes him away from, you know, working on his game. And so that's another element that we can take in from that or take from him ourselves where, you know, you can start setting your businesses up, but it should be definitely the responsibility. Um, the responsibility should be shared, which I mentioned before, which it looks like he was doing with the business, you know, so definitely have your, your um, ambitions. Definitely think of yourself as a brand, you know, and definitely share responsibilities. That's one of the lessons there. But another thing which will definitely be protecting you as you go on throughout your career, and it doesn't, definitely doesn't have to be related to setting up a business, but it's you knowing that the media has no median. It's either going to be super complimentary, so if you're doing well, you're going to be held as the next Ronaldo or held as the next legend at the club that you're at or maybe the next big thing. And it's for you to, Anthony Joshua says something like, he says, don't let success get to your head and failure get to your heart. So when you're getting the over scrutiny, you can't take that to heart because you know that there's no median, there's no rational thoughts with the media or the comments. And when I say media, it doesn't necessarily mean media publications. It does mean them, but it can also mean like the comments from fans and people who are saying things to often get a retweet and a like. It's not really necessarily directed towards you. It's, it's for a moment. So that's a key lesson in itself. And I'm aware of time right now. So I'm gonna go over the next statement. Um, and the next lesson that we can look at is the loan. Goodness me. So actually we're looking at um, some of the interviews that he mentioned and some of the key words and he repeated throughout the, uh, the, um, the interview was work hard, graft, and it comes with, why can't I read my... Oh, communications with a coach. <laughs> Goodness me. So he mentioned that he was very communicative with David Moyes who you know, coached him at Man United, but he said he spoke to the coach and the coach was telling him his qualities and the qualities that he has and possesses that he wants to bring to the team. So again, this is a valuable lesson for coaches, for you to know the player um, who you're working with, to know their qualities and let them know and reassure them that you want them to express those qualities. That gives the player confidence that, you know, he's being employed because of his skill set, not necessarily, necessarily you just fitting into a system that takes away from his tools and his skill set. And that's also a lesson for players when you're moving to clubs to be very considerate to how the coach is liaising with you. 
is the coach believing in you? Are they believing in your vision? Are they believing in your skill set and wanting to express yourself the most, the most expressive way that you can? And so that's definitely something that you should consider. Jesse also said that he had a few clubs in for him as well. And I'm sure that the, the, the communication between him and Moyes and the belief in his skill set and the knowledge that he can do this was a big part of why he went to West Ham. So make that be a lesson for you when you're making your moves to clubs to make sure that you are going with someone who believes in you and believes in your skill set and wants you to be the most expressive that you can be rather than maybe some of the other factors that go into moving to a club. So again, he was very, um, he acknowledged that he had to work hard and graft and, you know, to get to where he's, um, you know, to where he is now. And that goes back to the statement that I read from Danny Murphy, where he said um, he's hardly played this season and he's as fit as a fiddle. So he's put in the work for him to, to not play for, let's just say, 18 months and still come out and looking as sharp and one of the sharpest in the Premier League at this present time. So what is a lesson that we can take from this is because um, is that if we it could easily be a situation where you're frozen out of the club or you're getting a lack of game time. But we cannot use that as an excuse. And Jesse Lingard is a great example as to you being frozen out, you not getting the game time, but still making sure that you're developing. It's so unfair for you to sit on the bench and sit on the sidelines, not get game time, not even be included in the squad and still not develop. You still need to make sure and take the responsibility that no matter what's going on with the club, you're still developing. And that's exactly what Jesse Lingard did. And, you know, it's no coincidence that if he done that, he's now actually proven himself and he's in good form and scoring and playing as if he's been playing the whole season. And so that's a big lesson in itself. And I know there's a lot of players out there that are not getting the game time or are not in the positions that they want to be. Maybe you're playing with the 23s and you want to be in the first team or you want to loan or something where it's not working for you. You still need to make sure you're getting that development um, no matter what. No excuses, you know. And for you to do that, there needs to be a plan. There might need to be a team. And Jesse Lingard actually trains with someone I know very well. I wanted to call him, but he didn't get back to me. And maybe that's a bad thing of me. I don't really chase people too much. But um, I wanted to call him, actually. Let me just check my phone and see if he messaged me. Um, he... Yeah, he hasn't messaged me back, which is fine. But yeah, he's... He... Um... Let me not lie, I don't really know what he has said, but I wanted to call him to find out how he would have accredited Jesse Lingard's form and how he's played and his work ethic, you know. But the fact that he works with someone externally from the club shows how much responsibility he's taken to make sure that he develops still. And that's the aim and that's the real lesson in that, to be honest with you. Um, development does not stop despite you not getting game time. It's important for you guys to, to take that on board, but... We've gone over time essentially today and, and I think it was a really good um, episode. A lot of valuable lessons that you can take from this. If you do find like there was if you do find that there was valuable things that you took from this episode, do pass it on because it's only gonna help. And the more you help, the more of a better uh, socially aware and a mentally aware society and a football world we can have where people can develop in the midst of adversity. And think back to that statement that I mentioned to you before. You are defined by how you handle setbacks. And there needs to be support regarding that. So pass this on to someone who you, who you know, who you love, and who you knows in the game. And let's, let's start rising and, and developing. All right? 
Appreciate you listening. Appreciate all the support and the comments and, and everything that shows that you guys are enjoying what you're hearing. And I look forward to next week. All right. Take care, guys.